Hi, you're listening to Delusional Optimism with Dr. B, where we explore human resiliency and learn how people thrive even after adversity. We break down the complexities of the human brain so concepts are simple and relatable. It's fun and empowering to understand how your earliest experiences influence your relationships today. What makes you tick? Dr. B is a speaker, trainer, and consultant who understands emotions and human development from the inside out. Let's dive into today's episode. Here's Dr. B. In today's episode, we're going to be talking about just say no to social distancing. If you're interested in furthering this conversation, please email me at contact at drbconnections.com. Or if you'd like to book a training or learn more about me, go to my website at www.drbconnections.com. This episode was recorded on April 17th, 2020 during a Facebook Live series. Without further ado, let's kick it over to the episode. Let's get started. Um, Problem is that words have meaning. Words matter so much more than people realize. And But if you really think about it, good morning, Fausto. So good to see you as always. Um, Words are affirmations. And, you know, think about it. Think about how there's a big push in the world to, you know, write down affirmations, write down your goals, you know, say them out loud to yourself. Words are critically important to how things occur and happen in our lives. So affirmations, words dictate our thoughts and dictate our behaviors even more importantly. Words are so powerful that they create our reality. So, you know the saying from our little kid days, sticks and stones can break my bones, but words can never hurt me. Wrong, wrong, totally wrong. Never teach your kids that because sticks and stones can sure break your bones. Bones heal much more easily than a broken Um, body from emotional trauma. Psychological trauma is way more damaging than physical trauma. We know this, but it's very difficult for us to figure out how to measure emotional trauma in the same way that we measure. It's harder for us to measure emotional trauma than it is to measure physical trauma. Physical trauma, you can see emotional trauma, you know, lives inside the body and is hidden. So when we set up like child protective services systems, we know, we know through the research that emotional trauma is much more harmful long-term, but what do we always go after? Marks. We always go after physical trauma marks. And so anyway, I just wanted to make that point because it's really important. This is where we're kind of swimming behind the lines of the obvious. Trauma that's emotional or word-driven, you know, by things that people say to you, those slicing words, actually can change the trajectory of somebody's entire life. You know, you're no good, you're a horrible person, you're mean, or what, what do we say? Like, you can do it, you can be the best at anything you try. Words are so, so powerful. From a neuroscience perspective, there's a there's a researcher named Marie Richter and her team monitored the brain response so when the the audience was listening and watching words 
negative words, it actually, they measured the hormones in the brain and it, and it increased the stress hormones and the anxiety producing hormones. So that's the same as sticks and stones can break our bones, but what it's breaking is actually our neuro, neuropsychological um, balance in our, in our status quo homeostasis hormones. So we want to keep our balance emotionally, which happens a lot in our brain and our body. But when negative words or negative images or particularly powerful together are thrown at us, it tweaks, it breaks the bones of our neuropsychological chemical balance. So that also, that can lead to, lead to just long-term outcomes for people. So negative self-talk, we talked yesterday about generational trauma, but negative self-talk and negative talk in general can lead to generational anxiety. Okay, so look what we're doing. We have the news on 24-7 right now, and they're just it's just negativity, 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 because our brain, all right, let's just talk about this really quickly. Our brain has to predict the negative first or the risk or the fear because that's what keeps us alive. That's our survival mechanism. So we have to, so in order for positive information to get to the front line, it has to go through that negative lens. So we're already primed for, for being response, more responsive to negative information. So we have to work harder at pushing the positive forward. I hope that makes sense. But right now, we have an entire generation of young people from little, little, littles all the way up to our teens and our um, even our college students, young adults. And so we, they're getting this negative message just bombarded on them, which will lead to generational anxiety and generational stress. So this group will be potentially, and I, I predict that they will be, similar to the, the Great Depression generation, you know, much more sensitive and worried as a whole generation. So they're going to share more characteristics. We already know that because of the way generational theory works, but now, it, it, like, it's so obvious now because we're in this mess. All right. So negative words and phrases that are <clears throat> heard thought, or spoken cause immediate stress, all right? They cause immediate stress, and that stress leads to, remember what stress does. We hold it in our body, and it feels um, it feels like we're weighted down, and then that, that feeling leads to anxiety because it's not, it's not necessarily our norm. So let's jump into some solutions, all right? Some solutions are we got to get rid of this idea of social distancing, all right? I want you to erase that phrase from your brain, from your mind, from your community, from your family, everyone. Social distancing was the wrong word. My friend Rick and I, he's from uh, Community Resilience Initiative, and he was a guest speaker in my graduate class uh, with my students the other night, and we all had a nice conversation about this concept of how um, we don't need to be socially distanced from people. What we need to be doing is physically distancing from people, hence the song, Don't Stand So Close to Me. Um, 
And so we really need to be pushing the idea that just by saying the words, social distancing sends out a negative message that I'm completely isolated socially and disconnected from people in my support system. I'm alone. It, it sends all sorts of negative underlying, almost unconscious messages to our brain that elevates the stress hormones and the anxiety hormones and tips us into that wonky imbalance that leads to generational uh, trauma and generational anxiety. I hope that makes sense because I'm really going to hammer this home because I'll tell you my personal story now. I was in uh, the grocery store yesterday and a pharmacy yesterday because my mom is in her 80s and she's housebound and she needed a prescription. And since I was out, so I'm all masked up, got my hand sanitizer on my, you know, in my car and I'm wiping my phone and wiping my hands and washing at the, the pharmacy. They don't let you in unless they take your temperature, wash your hands. And um, so then I, I move on to Save Mart. And I'm in there, and this is kind of funny. You know, there's all these red lines and, and X's all over the floor now because we're supposed to be, quote, social distancing. Ha! I call it physical distancing. But it's like, oh, my God, I'm, I'm not following the rules right. I was, I was in line, and I'm like, wait, is that the one I'm supposed to be on, or is that the one I'm supposed to be on? And feeling all, you know, out of sorts because I might be breaking the rules. But there's this big sign to the right of me in, in line. And it says, stay six feet apart due to social distancing. And my impulse was I just wanted to have a Sharpie and just cross out the word social and write the word physical. So that's my, um, that's going to be a call out in a bit. But I just now I'm so sensitive to seeing the word social distancing. And I just want everybody to just not allow it to come into your, into your consciousness and replace it with physical. Because there are so many, so many great social connections that we can and do have right now, even though we're physically needing to distance from each other. And I don't want that to get lost at all. So there's a lot of research about how powerful words are to our health and our well-being. Words, words matter. And so... There's another doc called uh, Dr. Newberg, and he's a neuroscientist. And so he studied this forever, which is super cool, and I love this. A single word has the power to influence the expression of genes. The expression of genes that regulate the physical and emotional stress system. Okay, I can say a word, and it can, it can determine how your body regulates genetically the physical and emotional stress system. Morning, Cindy. How insane is that? That means that we, we are doing things all wrong when we're looking for primarily physical abuse and child abuse situations. We need to be looking at our physical abuse and domestic violence or physical abuse in any situation. We need to go that's a that's a sign, but man, the the real problem is in the emotional consequences and neurological consequences of words. This is going to be. I mean, this this uh, 
physical distancing is going to be with us for a long time. I heard yesterday, you know, maybe we'll still be physically distancing even into 2022. Sporting events are going to be completely different. Hi, Myrtleina. Um, and so all of this is, I mean, our lives are, are forever changed. And this phrase that is now posted all over the place, social distancing, has got to change. If not for us, for our children's sake. Because every time our children read the word social distancing, they're sent the message, they're alone and isolated, even though they don't know that, even though you're not aware of that. That is the underlying subliminal message is you're alone. You're alone, you're disconnected, and you're isolated. What happens when people feel like that? All sorts of mental health problems come on board when we feel alone and isolated and disconnected from our social communities, which there's no reason. Look, we are having a phenomenal social community right here every single day. Hi, Alicia. So we don't need to, we don't need to socially distance. We can socially embrace each other. I can hug you over my, over my computer. It's not the same, but I can say I love you. I can stay connected to you without while we're still physically distanced. And that changes how people are fundamentally. We can fix this. Like we, like I've said, we can fix this with just one single word by ditching social distancing, the social, and flipping it over to physical distancing. That's it. That's all we have to do. So I want everybody, if you do have to go out with your mask, like nobody will know it's you, just cross out social and write physical. <laughs> it's the, uh, it's our, um, what do they call that when you commit a social crime, like for the good of the world? Um, <clears throat> so I, I already told you the story about my mom. Um, but I, but I was really compelled as I stood in my line X to X. <laughs> and so, I'm like, oh gosh, am I on the right X? Is, is that okay? I wanted to turn to all my people who are in the store and say, hey, ignore that social word on that sign and change it to physical. Like I just felt really compelled. You know the um, act, a random act of kindness? I want you to really take away from this particular video that this is your random act of kindness is to tell people, Get rid of social distancing. We're not really socially distancing. We're physically distancing from people. And that's going to make a huge, huge generational shift in how we come out of this feeling more socially connected, even though we had to do this thing of, you know, staying whatever, six feet apart or now maybe 13 feet apart. So the takeaways are that words are game changers. I mean, we are, they really are game changers. The words that come out of our mouths have such power and they begin, they're integrated into a child's mind very, I mean, from the very beginning, even in utero, even in utero, babies recognize the voice of their mama. They also can distinguish, this is so flipping awesome, Babies can recognize the difference between the voice of their father or father figure, whoever the male care person is in their environment during the pregnancy, and a male doctor or vice versa, the female, another female voice and a female doctor 
Um, and like, that's just amazing that a baby can know from a, immediately after birth that they can choose familiar voices who were around them during pregnancy and distinguish them from stranger voices. So, so we know that words are powerful. We know that that's getting logged in and recorded and wired into the brain from in utero. So we have to take it super seriously. We have to find ways which we're learning. Like this is a giant learning curve. We're not used to not being able to just go up to our people and give them a big old hug or a kiss or, you know, all of these things. This morning I was listening to, you know, Andrew Cuomo, governor of New York, and he was talking about all the times that he, uh, his mom invited him over for coffee and he's like, no, no, I'm too busy. Or his kids invited him over and he was busy. And now he's really recognizing how harmful it was to say no to those social connecting opportunities because now it's much harder. Now it's much harder to do that. And so it sometimes really takes a crisis, an overwhelming existential nightmare to rattle us into reality and say, oh yeah, like these are the important things. These are the important things that I need to be really focusing on in my life. And the truth is, if you really stop and think about it, it's the physical space. We don't want that germ to come out of my mouth and hit somebody on the way out and get them sick if I happen to have the germ. And we don't know who has it yet. We'll get there. We're going to get there. But we're just not there quite yet because we don't have enough information and information takes time and research, and they're working it. I mean, they are going at it quickly, but it's it still, there's no way it's gonna be ready by tomorrow. So we need to stay socially and emotionally connected. And really we need to stay socially and emotionally connected more than ever, more than ever. And littles are watching and littles are listening and they have to, this is okay to explain to littles. I listened to a I listened to a podcast the other day about um, about subliminal messaging, which was which was made illegal back in I think the fifties. I'm not sure, but you know they used to put popcorn behind the movie and put you know drinks and all this stuff behind the movie picture, so it wasn't readable. Like you couldn't see it with the conscious eye, but your mind's eye was seeing that and it would influence your behavior and you would go buy more popcorn or buy more, you know, soda at the, at the concession stand. And this is a way of that people did advertising when they, when they just wanted to influence people's behavior without allowing them the conscious moment to make that decision themselves. And that became illegal. Now I wonder, oh my gosh, do we do this still? Like, does somebody doing that on our computers or whatever? Because I have a little conspiracy theory. Um, but, but that's also my COVID humor because I just need to um, release some trauma for myself. And one of the ways we do that is by being funny and, and, and humorous and looking at things in totally different ways. So our lives depend on this one word, folks. I mean, there is no way around not traumatizing an entire generation 
and not traumatizing ourselves when we choose to use the word social over physical. Because again, mental health is on the rise. Suicide is on the rise. We're at the front end of this event. If it's even an event, this we're at the beginning of this new way of life. And we need to start this new way of life with the proper and correct words. The language that we use changes how people act, think, believe, behave. And so we're, we're at the beginning. Now is the time to change. It's going to be too late to change it two years from now. So I want you to spread this news out. I want every one of you to post this. I was going to say shit. Post this shit out. I'm going to say it anyway. And tell people, stop saying social. Let's make saying social distancing a bad thing and put it into the context of physical space. Because I can yell across the room 13 feet and say, oh my gosh, I love you so, so much. And that, that changes the, the brain chemistry of my wife or my son or my daughter. Or I can stand on the curb and yell to my granddaughter or my granddaughters, I love you so much and I miss you and I wish I could hug you. We're connected. We're not social distancing. We're just physically apart right now just to be safe. So these are things that are key. We need to start a crusade of re retweaking the messaging. So but it seems so simple and it's going to be a really giant mistake if we don't change the language. That's what I wanted to say. Words, again, have, have power. We know words matter. We know words that there's a, there's a verbal period of time and a pre-verbal period of time and in, in a person's life. And so the pre-verbal period means that you're a baby and you can't say words. So you can't say things to tell people how you feel. So instead you show them through your body, which is by crying or laughing or smiling. And, and then the verbal period of time is as you learn language, then you learn to put words to those feelings and actions. And that's a really important transition point because things that we felt before we had words can emerge later in our lives when we do have words, but we didn't ever have a word for that particular feeling. Like being really, really scared. If, if you're really, really scared as a baby, like terrified, but you didn't ever, then you later in your life have an experience that's terrifying and it caused anxiety in your body. You feel that anxiety in your body, but you didn't know what the word is. That requires a connection point. Somehow you have to learn that that feeling started in infancy and now it exists in your adulthood. And until you connect that with a word, a conscious word to that experience, to this experience, you can't heal. You can't heal without making that connection. I don't want to forget my word of the day. My feeling of the day was Q, which is for quiet, which I'm so sorry that it's backwards. I'm working on, I'm on a fix for this. I'm not even going to show you the words anymore. Um, but when I mirror my phone, the camera is really terrible. So I, ha I, it's a choice. I have to either have the good camera or show you the word, but I figure you're all readers so you can see it. Um, so quiet is something that we're all having a big opportunity 
for for experiencing in a different way. You know, a lot of times, especially as Americans, we live our lives on speed dial. We are moving and shaking all the time. We don't allow ourselves to sit in the quiet. But when we do take a moment and sit in the quiet, or I'm going to say, or we also take our littles and help them sit in the quiet, we're not only giving them this, this new way of being in the world, because what we model to them is what they will carry into their lives, but we also are having an opportunity to run ideas through our filter and see if they make sense or if they don't make sense and how you feel about them, not just what you think about them. And what's really important is how do you feel about something? All right, everybody. Happy Friday. I love you. Please share out. No, no, no to saying social distancing. Yes, yes, yes to saying physical distancing. Write it, graffiti it, post it, say it, send it out into the world because we need change. We can't let our generation be lost to the wrong word because words have meaning and words are powerful. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode. I appreciate the opportunity to connect with you. If you're interested in booking a training, I'd love to hear from you. You can reach me at my website, Dr. B Connections. There's a big button that says, book a training with Dr. B. It's that easy. If this show has been beneficial for you, please share it with your friends and family. Spreading the word about the show helps us grow our audience and helps continue to change the world together. Again, thanks so much for listening to Delusional Optimism. Now, go leave a life print.